about 100 years ago or so that, that if we could just educate people in the world a little bit better, uh, then there would be no, we would have no need for war. And yet over those past hundreds of years or so, uh, um, we have found in particular, obviously a lot more than this, but we've had two world wars in that period of time amongst some of the most educated societies that existed at the time. It wasn't like, you know, we were all barbarians and that's the reason why we were all going to war. It was some of the most educated societies. Even we find ourselves today in very, you know, educated society. And, and yet, you know, there's always wars and rumors of wars and ideas and stuff that are going around and thoughts. You hear all of this stuff going on and it doesn't ever seem to be coming to an end. You see, because education isn't the solution to an end of conflict. The end of conflict can only come through a transformed heart. It can only come through an individual when we as individuals become transformed on the inside um, to eliminate the conflict that exists inside of us. And that's the reason why we're talking today that Christmas is a time of reconciliation uh, <clears throat> you know, reconciliation is, you know, just to kind of give it a, a definition or to explain it, reconciliation is basically, it's the restoration of peace. It is the restoration of peace. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Obviously, during the declaration that Jesus was going to be born, that Jesus was going to come into the, the world, and we have this statement here, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. And on earth peace. We live in a day, in a world today, that is anything but peaceful, right? I mean, if you watch news at all, does it look like peace exists out there in this world? Um, and it doesn't really matter what channel you watch. Um, internet for a little And look at the peace that exists in our world. Get, get on Facebook and you'll find how peaceful our world really is. You know, we live in a, a world that, that tries to declare peace and peace and they say all of these things and they preach all these things about peace. We have people that stand and will picket war and they will hold up peace signs and we got peace symbols and we got all kinds of things in our world to remind us to be peaceful. And yet when we look at our world, we find ourselves as being anything but peaceful. Even peaceful protests end up turning into violent ones uh, and, and not so peaceful situations. And so here it is, this, this message by an angel uh, to some shepherds, glory to God in the highest on our earth, peace. And it gives us this idea that Christmas is a time for reconciliation. And so when, when you did, there's a, you know, a survey again done amongst Christmas shoppers about, you know, what is it that you, 
need peace in? What is it that you need peace? Where do you need peace in your life? And here are some of the answers. I'd like peace with my parents, my ex, and my kids. I'd like to see an end to the political bickering. I need peace in my mind and my heart. I would like to have a peaceful neighborhood. Uh, if people were, were just a little bit more peaceful, then maybe they wouldn't be so rude. Um, honestly, if we, we don't find peace, soon my marriage will end. And I would like to see peace everywhere. Those are just some of the answers from people who were asked, where would you like to see peace? Or, you know, how would you like to see peace more in our world today? And to be given to have an understanding or to begin to have peace in our heart, we have to have an understanding of what causes conflict. And to begin to, to, to get to the place where we understand what it means to have peace in our life, we have to know where conflict comes from because conflict is the thing that eradicates peace in our life. So where does conflict come from? Where does this, where does this conflict originate on the inside of our lives? Well, we know that James talks about this a little bit. All right, And so he gives us this idea uh, that the first place that conflict comes from is our natural self-centeredness. It's our desire to think only about ourselves and what we want. Doesn't James say, where does the quarreling of fights come, uh, among you come from? Does it not come from your selfish desires you want and do not have, so you quarrel and fight? And he goes on to explain that all fighting and quarreling comes from these selfish tendencies that exist deep inside of our heart. So if we understand that, that conflict comes from self-centeredness, it comes from us thinking only of ourselves. When we want everything to be done the way we want it to be done, and the other person wants it to be done the way that they want it to be done, that's where conflict comes from, and that's where the clash begins. Because if neither one is willing to compromise in love, then sparks begin to fly. And we're not talking about the good kind of sparks. The bad sparks. You see, this scenario plays out over and over and over relationships. In all relationships. It's where conflict comes from. It's the, it's the self-desires that war within us to want us to make us to to stand our ground and to, to demand our rights and to establish ourselves and to get our way. The second place that conflict comes from is expecting others to meet needs that only God can meet. Expecting others to meet needs that only God can meet. You see, no human being can fully meet all the needs that you have. There's no person alive on this earth there's no special someone, okay? There's no soulmate, all right, that, that exists out there that is designed to meet all the needs that you have. Because there are a lot of needs that you have that people cannot meet inside of you. There are a lot of needs that you have that people will not be able to, uh, to live up to. And, it, you know, it's this... But for whatever reason, we have this expectation amongst people in our lives that they're supposed to meet all of our needs. Maybe this comes from, um, you know, Hollywood that has conditioned us this, this idea of what love is supposed to look like or what love is supposed to feel like or all these kinds of things. And so we have these movies and TV shows that, 
that are lived out before us on a TV screen, you know, far removed from some of the realities of real life. And then we have famous catchphrases like, you complete me. Um, And then we think that, well, my better half is supposed to complete me. Um, But really, there's only one person that really can complete us. And that person made us. And he knows intricately the needs that we have, the feelings that we have, the desires that we have. And he's able to meet all of our needs. All of our needs. He's able to bridge those gaps and complete us in ways that other people in this world cannot complete. And so what happens is, is conflict, conflict is created around us. It's created in this world around us by our selfish desires, by unreasonable expectations that we put upon others. Is somehow that they're going to be something that they cannot be. That they're going to be perfect. They're going to make all the right decisions. That they're going to know what you want, what you, how you feel, what you need in every moment of every day of your life. And uh, that's where conflict begins. That's where it originates in our life. To begin to understand this idea of what it means to live with peace, we've got to understand where the conflict comes from so that we can address the conflict and we can remove the conflict in our life or at least understand how it happens. You see, there will never be peace in the world until there is peace in the nations. And there will never be peace in the nations until there is peace in our communities. And there will never be peace in our communities until there is peace in our families. And there will never be peace in our families until there is peace within our own hearts. It all begins with us individually, inside of me, that I allow peace to be established inside of me, that I allow this kind of thing. So today, looking at this and talking about the peace, um, uh, there are, you know, when we talk about Jesus and how what Jesus meant and that he came to bring reconciliation to this world, he came to bring peace to this world, what does that mean? What does it mean? when Jesus came to give us peace. And the Bible says that he is the prince of peace, all right? That the God of all peace will guard our hearts. And we understand this in a, in a world that we live in that is filled with conflict and, and the absence of peace. What does it mean for, for God to be the God of peace? There are three different kinds of peace. Uh, three different kinds of peace. Jesus came to establish. Number one is peace with God. Peace with God. You see, here's the deal, okay? If you are trying, regardless of your affiliation, regardless of what you call yourself, regardless of your Sunday morning habits or even your other day-to-day habits, the truth is is this. If you are trying to live your life your own way instead of God's way, you are in conflict with God, okay? If you try to live your life the way that you want to live it, regardless of what God wants you to do, regardless of his input, regardless of what he says, listen, 
whether or not you are intentionally trying to create conflict with God, if you are doing your life, living your life in a way that's contrary to what God has said, then the Bible says that you are in conflict with God. You are at enmity with God, okay? You, because you are doing it your way. You are deciding that you're wiser, you're smarter, you're better, you got it all figured out more, and that you can do it your way better than God can do it your way. You're at conflict with God. And this conflict produces a lot of different side effects in our life. I want you to listen to the way uh, the Message Bible describes Galatians chapter uh, 5, verses 19 through 20. It says right here, it says, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Isn't that right there? Out of trying to do it my way. Because conflict is the result of our self-centeredness. All right, that we are so centered on our selfishness that we gotta do it our way. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of, the, out of trying to get your own way all the time. Here, here they are. Uh, uh, repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants and desires, a brutal temper and impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habits of depersonalization of everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ungodly parodies of community. And he says, I could go on and on and on. All of these are descriptions of what it's like when you try to live your own way. You try to do it your own way. It produces baggage. It produces problems, it produces difficulty, and it doesn't mean that every problem in your, in your life is the result of you doing the wrong thing or living the wrong way, but maybe most of the time it is. Maybe the most of the time, the reason why we have relational difficulties is because, again, we try to demand our own way. We try to get our own way. Uh, maybe the most of the reason why we have conflict in the workplace is because we try to get our own way because we try to establish ourselves and our rights and what we feel like we deserve. There's lots of different things like this, but this, this, this goes and gets this idea, it gives us this idea of what it, what it looks like in our life for us to try to do it our way. Yet when we do it God's way, what do we get when we do it God's way? Well, Galatians goes on to tell us what we get when we do it God's way. We get love, we get joy, we get peace, we get patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's when we do it God's way, we get all those things, right? One of those is peace. I get peace when I do it God's way, when I do it the way he wants me to do it. You see, when Jesus came, he came to, he came to bridge the gap so we could have peace with God. Peace with God. <clears throat> and because of Christ, God has made peace with man 
while we were even still sinners, and he has done all the work that needs to be done to establish peace in our relationship to him. And if you are at conflict with God, if you have conflict in your life, and this conflict looks like what it looks like to have conflict with God, as to describe there in Galatians chapter, uh, chapter 5, then what you need okay, to experience this peace with God you, you, you know, is that you need to understand that you cannot win a war with God. Okay? You will not win. If you're going to be in conflict with God by living the way that you want to win, understand that at the end of the day and at the end of your life, you will not win. Okay? You won't win. You won't ever win fighting that way. It's just the truth. You cannot win a, a war. You may be able to be in conflict with people. You may be able to manipulate yourself, throw a big enough tantrum to get your own way. All right? But when it comes to being in conflict with God, you're not going to win. You won't win. You won't win in life, and you won't win in life, and you won't win.
life and you 